I'm Chris Hagen. For those who don't know, I've been a language coach for many years. In my career, I've taught a wide variety of people from famous singers and radio presenters to doctors, uni students, and yes, even desperate housewives trying to find an English lover. I finally decided to share my thoughts, tips, and tricks with the world. Also check out my YouTube channel if you want to see my ugly mush. So let's kick off this podcast with a great jingle. Doesn't matter where you are, in the car or at the bar. Here for you comes in your ears, another word for thanks is cheers. Here's the new kid from the block, here for you around the clock. Shining on his English lips, Chris. Is an anagram of risk. We're back with the second series of, sorry, the long-awaited second series of English Uncovered. Thank you for all the messages I received on social media, email, everywhere, asking when is the new series coming out? When is it coming out? It's coming out now. Surprise, surprise. I'm here and as well, I have some special guests. In every podcast this series, you're going to find little segments with different people. They are the same people who will follow me, stay with me throughout the course of this series. My job is to keep them under control, if possible. And between each guest, obviously, there will be me. Each guest will only have a maximum of five minutes, because otherwise it means they're rabbiting on too much. But don't worry, because they'll be very, very happy, because each one of them is going to have their own dedicated jingle. What more can they ask for? So let's get started. You've waited long enough. Who is our first Guest Introducing Mimi Melendez Mixing cocktails from Miami to New York People blame her for getting legless Just cause she mixed it, she didn't pour it down your throat No she didn't Remember to leave her a tip Now in this part of the podcast we've got our resident alcoholic Mimi Melendez. Did I say your name correctly? That's right. That's me. Okay, so what are you going to tell us about in this first ever segment of our podcast? So today I think we should start with some bar lingo, a little bit of vocabulary so that everyone familiarizes themselves. Ah. Yes. Mm. Um, with other things that we'll talk about later. Mm. Got it. Okay. Y- your you're time ready? has started. Are you course. ready? Uh-huh. Okay. I'm always ready. I was born ready. Okay, good. Um, Okay, so the first uh, idea or word, I guess, I want to talk about is 86. It's a number. It's a number. You're right. Mm. So any idea what you think it means? 86. No idea. The price? No, no, not exactly. Mm. So 86 is just another way of saying that we've run out of something. We have no more of this. Why? Uh, That's just what we say. And so, for example, if we don't have a certain kind of vodka or we've run out of french fries just something random mm-hmm. it's 86 ah so it's like a secret code it is like a secret code ah so if mm-hmm. i hear somebody saying 86 i know that i can't order it yes that's right oh. it's been 86 and on occasion we can use that to refer to people ah. they're done uh-huh. okay so the next phrase is all day means all day it does mean all day but it also means the total number of items that you need from the kitchen for example uh-huh. okay so, the stock. so for an order so ah, for, for example order. Okay. you have two tables and both tables ordered the chicken dish one of them ordered three of those and the other one ordered one you need four chicken dishes all day Mm-hmm. So it's a way of letting the kitchen know the total number of a specific item on the menu that you need. Ah, okay. So it's not 
So all together, you mean basically? All together, right. yes. But you, but you have to remember it's for two different tables. That's right. Ah, okay, fine. That's right. Fine. All the chef together. doesn't really care, I'm guessing. He doesn't care no. to an extent. He doesn't care.、Mm. Um, so the next thing is autograt. Sounds like a car. It is not,、mm. but it is a vehicle, and I'll、it's、explain. <laughs> I'll explain.、Uh-huh. So it's short for automatic gratuity. Ah.、Uh-huh. Okay, okay. So it's like a tip that's automatically、um, added to a check.、Mm-hmm. So that vehicle is, I don't know, the customer's money into your pocket. Uh, basically, so sometimes you'll see this on your check if you're in a big group that has automatic gratuity for big groups, and it'll just say autograt. So you mean a tip that's included? Yes. On your bill. Exactly. Okay, just transit. <laughs> exactly. I was thinking. Okay. Okay.、Yes. Fine. And. Um. So another、what? question that I get a lot is clarifying what the difference between a bar, the bar, and the bar top, and、um, the bar top is where you dance now. If you're feeling frisky, sure. <laughs> Always、um, feeling frisky. <laughs> so, but you're right as as far as saying where where you would put your feet or where drinks are served is the bar top, like the physical top part of the bar,、um, the, the part where、sticky. you clean. Well, the part, clean is a big word. It's normally sticky. Well, I don't work at places where the bar I keep is sticky, but、oh, okay. you know.、Mm-hmm. Coyote ugly was very sticky. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That coyote ugly was a lot of things.、Um, Definitely. Anyway, so the bar is also referring to the whole area where, like, people sit on bar stools and they order drinks and cocktails are made. And of course, it refers to the whole business sometimes. So if it's a type of establishment that doesn't serve food, or sometimes they do,、um, but the, their goal is to、um, get you drunk. Get you drunk.、Uh, that is also called a bar. Mm-hmm. All right, so the next one behind. You've got one minute left, just so you know. Wow, that went by really fast.、Uh-huh, cool. So okay, let's do this really quickly. <laughs> so the next one is behind. My ass. My, no, my bottom. Sorry. No, not exactly. But、ass、you're close. It's just something that we call out to each other to let the other person know that we're walking behind them because you know working in a bar it's really tight and fast,、ah, and okay, so, so you, have... you say behind、uh-huh. so that they don't make any sudden moves while you're holding, say, a tray of martinis. Ah, I thought so. It's not a compliment. Uh, no, not always. Oh, okay. No.、Mm-hmm. Um, okay, behind the stick. <laughs> I know. The stick. I know. It sounds really weird, and it is a little bit old, but it's still fun to say, and it's just referring to、sounds、the、nice. bar.、Behind、so, I sling drinks behind the stick. Just means I'm a bartender. Ah,、oh, so the stick is a bar then? Yeah,、That's、yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah.、So、it's slang for a bar. Yes.、Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing I'm gonna. Uh, the next word is burn. This is the last one now. Okay. The next word is burn. It just means to burn ice at the end of your shift. You have a bucket or a, a container full of ice, and you need to melt it down because you、ah, can't to get rid of it. To get rid of it because、ah, you have to、okay. clean the sink or the container that it's in. Uh huh. So you're just burning it. Okay. Very good. Okay. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next week. All right. Thank you. Mimi Menendez, Alexandres. And now a bit of useless information that might help you in the next pub quiz you take part in. Prince Harry's real name is not Harry, no, it's Henry. Which do you prefer, Henry or Harry? Prince Henry, Prince Harry. I can tell you one thing that our next guest is not Henry Charles Albert David. So who is it? Jonathan, Jonathan. Doctor Oz, about food, round the world. Jonathan, Jonathan, Canadian, the 
Today we have with us Jonathan Nix. It's the first time he's ever been in one of our podcasts. I'm very happy that he's here. So, Jonathan, what are you going to tell us about? Well, food. Uh huh. Sounds good. Yes. Good so, start. I'm Canadian, which is a a wonderful fact about me. Like Justin Bieber. Like just like Justin Bieber. In fact, my hair right now. It's just like Justin Bieber. But I have a question for you, Chris. What do you know about Canadian cuisine? You have maple syrup. That is a fact, yes. Uh, it's actually from Canada. I just, I just uh, there, are, there, there are maple trees in Canada, and we do use them for syrup, yeah. Mm. Mm. And that's it. That's it. Okay, no, um, that's it. You're absolutely correct. There's nothing else to it. Um, in fact, we have a, a rich cultural heritage of not having culture. Really? It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, derived from our Anglophone heritage. Uh, of course, uh, the French-speaking part has a little bit of an idea of what they're doing when they cook. Mm. Um, and then, of course, the native populations have their own rich, diverse traditions and understandings of food and society. But we Anglo-Canadians haven't a clue. We Not just clue, we, nothing, nothing at all. Um, and that's the big caveat. So not having a culture, interestingly enough, makes me qualified to speak about everybody else's culture. <laughs> um, being apart from it, I'm not invested, mm-hmm. you know, so I will be making... You're not biased. Either. Not at all, no. I will be making harsh judgments about everybody else, mm-hmm. but receiving no part of the blame for anything on my own shoulders. There's nothing to criticize you about Precisely. when it comes to your food. Well, I mean... Yeah, but French food. It's okay. there's nothing there. No. There's nothing. I mean, it's perfectly nothing. So you can't do it anyway. Apart from, um, your, apart from your syrup. Apart from the syrup. No, there are specialties in each province. But again, mm-hmm. we can't take responsibility for these specialties. They're just there. The trees were there. The fish were there. The wheat was there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did we cultivate wheat? No, I think it was. We stole it from the natives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, for instance, on the east coast. We've got potatoes. Okay. Did you know that about Canada? Well, I presume you eat chips. Yeah, we grow potatoes. Fish and chips yeah. is a big deal. Uh, Newfoundland has cod. Prince Edward Island has oysters. Very nice oysters. oysters. Yes, yeah, indeed. Fancy. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, Quebec, of course, is the exception to all of this. Being primarily French, they understand cheese um, and just culture in general it's fantastic and and we'll talk about this a little bit later but one of my favorite canadian quote-unquote dishes is of quebec origin um and that's about it british columbia has red wine ontario has white wine and in the middle there's wheat bison and elk and depending on how far north or how far northeast you go you can eat a seal or two oh you uh, eat bison and elk of course ah, yes, okay you don't yes. get milk from American. I know I'm sounding really stupid now, but um, I know you can't milk a cat. This and all. A cat? No, I wouldn't no. try. No. But a bison, uh, you can. Bison is especially particularly in, in Alberta, because mm. well, Alberta is an interesting province. It's half plains, half mountains, so you get a good mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend of mine ate a bear once. I wouldn't recommend it. Um, and that's about it. And that's about it. So I'll be speaking primarily about growing up in Toronto. Toronto, the largest city in Canada, has bits and pieces of culture from around the world. So I have had the unique experience of tasting each of those cuisines. So I'm obviously an expert in all of them. So in Toronto, is basically like any other big city then. You have restaurants from everywhere. 
Yes, exactly. Toronto is about the same size as Milan, um, and it's very culturally diverse. Uh, there's a huge Italian population, a huge Japanese population, uh, Chinese, Korean, everything. Mm. Toronto is very much a city of neighborhoods, um, and they come from all over the world. So that's wonderful. My favorite thing about Toronto, in particular, is the food, and you experience it also. It's similar to New York, similar to Montreal, um, and other big cities in North America, and also Europe, I imagine. And you've tasted everything, you, so this is why you're an expert and you can criticize. Yes, good. Yes, in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. And uh, what food do you not like? That's a very good question. Generally, um, I don't like olives. Ah, okay. So sorry, Italians. I don't mm. like olives, or mm. I don't really care for onions. I don't really care for. That's about it. I've actually developed uh, a taste for most things now. Recently, I've added anchovies into my uh, repertoire, uh, but that's about it. That's oh, okay. about it. So yeah. in the next podcast, you're basically so in the next nineteen podcasts, you're basically mm-hmm. going to criticize something Everybody. in every podcast. Well, the first two, I'm going to talk about uh, what is best from my own cookbook. Mm. And I'm sure you'll love it all. Mm. And then the following 17, yes, I will be talking about everybody else. Everybody, <laughs> criticizing everybody else. Yes. But you're a good cook then. You're a good I, I'm very good chef. at putting things in a pan and, and turning on the fire, and I eat the results. All right. I'll tell you that much. All right. So we look forward to finding out what you're going to criticize in the next podcast. Thank, Thank you. Thank you very much. And now we're hungry. Now, going back to what I was talking about before, that Prince Harry, his real name is Henry. Henry and Harry, do they sound the same? No. But Harry is actually the nickname for Henry, just the same as Bill for Will or Dick for Richard. Do you know? Now, who's next? She's from Australia. Koala. Or is it maybe South Africa? She doesn't know either, but one thing's for sure. She makes business English sexy. Like a kangaroo. It's Kelly Lawrence. So we've got Kelly back with us again, and she's going to give us a little bit of insight into the world of business English. Today she's going to talk about something called an... Yes, Chris, thanks. Uh, it's called a, an elevator pitch or an elevator speech. Or uh, a lift speech or a lift, lift pitch? Speech? No, that doesn't work, unfortunately. No. <laughs> it's not a British English. So we have to use one. American English for this one. We have to, exactly, unfortunately. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, but anyway, this is exactly, it's an elevator pitch and it's very straightforward. Uh, it's the kind of a short introduction of about maximum 60 seconds that you're going to use when you first meet somebody. Uh, And it's called an elevator pitch because it should take you about the same amount of time as if you're stuck in a lift going up with somebody you don't know. So it's an introduction uh, and it's really important, especially if English isn't your first language uh, and you need to uh, network or meet new people or go to an interview in English. Uh, It can be really stressful saying your your first few lines, uh, especially if it's not in your language. So it's a really good idea to try and memorize your pitch uh, so that you can say the right things and make sure you incorporate everything in a very clear succinct way so this is your elevator pitch it's um, a way of selling yourself basically yeah basically you're yeah. selling yourself uh, but you say it's for 60 seconds if the movement of the lift is only for one floor <laughs> and then it should be shorter it should be you have to press the maximum. stop button and keep them there until the 60 seconds is up <laughs> 
fact. So this is, it's a maximum of 60 seconds, okay? It can be even less, it can be 30 seconds. It oh, okay. basically is as clear and concise as you can make it, but it shouldn't be any more than 60 seconds. Otherwise, you're giving a monologue and uh, people are going to lose interest. So what should you include in your elevator pitch? Basically, you should include your name, you can, you can include where you work or where you graduated from. Um, and if you're looking for a job, you can include what kind of job you're looking for. Um, or if you're looking for um, a new kind of experience, you can include that at the end of your pitch so that the person understands who you are, what you're doing and what you want. So um, give us an example, as if you're pitching yourself to me. Now, we're in the lift, we're on the ground floor, which is the ground floor, not the first floor. The ground floor, we're going to the, what, 60 seconds is what, the third floor? Okay, so go okay. on then. Okay, perfect. So, um, hi, pleased to meet you. My name's Kelly. Uh, I'm working as an English teacher at the moment. Uh, I've been working there for about two years, living in Milan. Um, and uh, at the moment, I'm really enjoying my job. Uh, I think it's really brilliant. I'm working in the center of the city. Um, and uh, it's a, it's been a great opportunity for me in the future. Maybe I will try and get into a bit more of conversation work or maybe something to do with podcasts, uh, which I've already started. Really? <laughs> in fact, here I am. So uh, it will be like this. So at the end, you want to put in um, the information that kind of leads the person to maybe understand. interested in you as well, though. Exactly. Yeah. Interested in you. And maybe mm. if you want something, if you're looking for a job, tell them that. If you're looking for another opportunity, tell them that. And uh, it'll help you with networking. And how do you know who is the right person in the lift to speak to? <laughs> well, if you're alone, <laughs> if you're, you don't Speak it to it. yourself in the mirror. In fact, yeah. so it's not it's not actually used for the lift uh, situation, of course, as well. It's ah, no, used for it's not any, literally in a lift. Not literally. It's ah. for any situation. So um, it's the speeches that people give to me when they come for a job interview. Exactly. For example, when one girl came for an interview and was eating an apple, <laughs> uh, she was introducing herself to me. This wasn't a very good elevator pitch then. Really? She was eating an apple during the interview? Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, I, I didn't understand <laughs> a word she said also because she was from Canada. So it didn't really help. In fact, and that's a good point. Actually, the, your elevator pitch is also the answer to the question, um, tell me a bit about yourself. It's the same thing. So it has a double purpose. If you meet someone for the first time, if you're networking, you can use this pitch. Um, if you go into an interview, it's also probably the first thing you're going to use to let the interviewer know a little bit about yourself. So Chris, maybe you can tell me... Um, some, I don't know, some kind of introduction you heard in your career that really made you laugh or that you thought was really effective. Yeah, there was one who told me that she was a model, then I discovered that she was a porn star, so maybe that's not the best way to go. But there was another <laughs> girl who once told me that she was Australian and that she also was South African and also British. And then, oh, that was you. No? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> and in fact, so these, these introductions need to be quite clear. It's a long story, but very confusing, no? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean... Uh, you have, you have to be to clear and concise. Exactly, okay. keeping it short. Okay, so, so remember in these podcasts, you only have five minutes and I'm about to waste your last 20 seconds <laughs> by telling you, you need to remember it's always five minutes, no longer, no less. And so thank you very much, Kelly. I think we've all understood what an elevator pitch is now and that we can't call it a lift pitch. Anything you want to say for the past last 10 seconds? That's all. Thank you so much, Chris, for having me. Now we love business, English short and so... Now, obviously, I was only joking when I said to Kelly that elevator pitch should really be called lift pitch. Elevator, yes, we know, is the American word for lift, which is British English. Just remember as well, because we're talking about elevators and lifts and all these different things. Remember, the first floor in America is the ground floor in the rest of the world. I think it's in the rest of the world, especially in Britain and Europe. The ground floor is the one attached to the ground, whereas the ground floor, the one attached to the ground in America, is called the first floor. 
be careful because you might end up going into the wrong office or even worse, the wrong apartment. Now it's time for Laura to to you by your sky. She's a home in Ashby, couldn't find a fly. Laura likes to listen to the radio, but when it comes to music, she prefers it live. Laura, give for 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 Laura, Laura, give for Laura, give for Laura, give for Laura, give for now we have Laura from Nashville, who is our resident music guru. Hi, Laura. How are you? Hi, Chris. I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. All the better for hearing you. What are you going to talk about today in your first segment? I have a story that I want to tell you today, but uh, related to music. But first, I have some questions. Mm-hmm. So how good is your memory, would you say? And not that good. It depends. Somebody told me that if I eat fish, it gets better, but it doesn't seem to work for me. What are your first memories, the earliest you can remember? Are any of them related to music? I didn't really get into music until I was a teenager, let's say. My first official memory is my headmaster at primary school called Peter Parker, Spider-Man, basically. But music, I have to think. What was the first concert you attended? How old were you? Who did you go with? What impression did it make on you? Do you Mm. remember... How you felt? I have to think now. The first concerts I went to were when I was working with music in the past. When I first started working with music, like dancing or the kind of things. The live concerts, yeah, the first ones are about 13, 14 years old. And yeah, it was these I remember. Maybe because I was busy working or enjoying myself. I don't know. Yeah. With many other people. Because normally the concerts I hosted myself. I had some events that I hosted. So I don't know if I remember them because of the music or because I had to pay the acts. Hmm. But there's nothing better than live music. Research shows that most adults don't have any or many memories from Mm. the preschool years. I like me. This is known as childhood amnesia, and it's a phenomenon that is still being studied by psychology after 100 years. Hmm. Until the age of seven, there are very few memories, and it is unknown if those memories that are reported are genuine memories or just recollections fed by reports and photographs and stories that the child has assumed as memories. In fact, before when you first asked me, I was going to say about a memory that I thought I had from, you know, them old cameras, what were they, Super 8? I remember my parents filming me on one of them things and me running around very, very quickly in a park. But I don't actually remember that. I remember seeing the footage of that. My preschool memory is also not great, but my first concert made a huge impression on me. Mm. And I think it affected my entire development and personality to this day. In 1975, I was four years old. You look a lot younger than that. I don't believe you. My parents were young, hardworking college students, and we all enjoyed music together. Even at a young age, I had favorite artists, as well as ones that I didn't enjoy as much. (laughs) Elvis, the Monkees, the Beatles were among my top favorites. Love Elvis. As well as Linda Ronstadt. Mm-hmm. But I was not into Sills and Crofts or Neil Young until years later. Linda Ronstadt, not yet 30 years old, was touring the U.S. that year in support of her Prisoner in Disguise album. She had already released several successful albums and played with some of the greatest names in rock and roll. On October 17th, the tour stopped in Murfreesboro. That's in Tennessee. At the Murphy Center, uh, which is the basketball arena of Middle Tennessee State University. My mother and her sister were big fans of Linda, and so was I. So we bought three tickets at the bookstore and headed across campus. Having researched the show since then, I found out that tickets were a whopping price, between four and seven dollars. Oh, really? Dave Mason was also on the bill that night. Oh, incredible. 
I'm not sure how it was decided that I would get to attend this show since I'd been left at home when Elvis came to town previously, but that evening may have set me on a lifelong course of loving and prioritizing music. It amazed me to see that this music, which had previously only come from our car radios and turntables and eight track players, but that's a whole other story. Don't even know what one of them is. Actually came from living, breathing human beings. Oh, yeah. I guess prior to this, I thought it just arrived from the heavens. Now there were these people standing in front of me and they were making this music happen. Mm, live is much better. Understanding now that childhood amnesia exists, I thought it was just me with the crappy memory. <laughs> I like it stands oh, out yeah. to me that I have this one vivid memory of the experience. I remember that I was sitting between the two adults who cared for me most often, that our seats were high up in the arena, mm. and that we were stage left. A very good memory, then, if, if you can even remember where you were sitting at the time. That's good. When Linda and the band played the current radio single, Love is a Rose, a new backdrop appeared, sporting a giant rose. It was like magic. Here I was, watching the real-time execution of this stuff that I experienced every day in my normal life. It brought me great joy, although I had no idea how or why. I was suddenly privy to seeing behind the curtain. Like, it was like an entrance to an exclusive club. And I understood for the first time where this force came from. Clearly the tiny people down on the stage were providing us with this joy. More so, they seemed to derive an equal amount of joy by giving the offering, as we did by receiving it. That was the day that I realized that music and the people who create it are magical. That is the reason that I still love to sing Linda Ronstadt songs, and probably why I do a decent job on them still. I'm waiting for my private performance. I have been blessed to see many, many more concerts since that first one, mm -hmm. and I have much more complete memories of those. But that brief moment in time, not more than two or three minutes, it was just one song, was the beginning of who I am today. Kind of nerdy, I know. Nerdy? No, no, no. You're not nerdy. Fantastic. Well, thank you very, very much. And I hope you have a great day. Well, thank you, Laura. And we'll see you next week. Remember to send us an email if you want, letting us know what your first concert was about and what your even your first memory was. What's your first memory of childhood? Was it a concert? Do you remember your first concert? Why do you think you remember your first concert? And Laura, thank you very much. See you next week. Now we know something more about music. Thank you, Laura. So now you've met all four guests. These four guests will follow us through the course of the second series of English Uncovered. I hope you enjoyed it because what I decided to do this time was include these four people to talk about different areas of English to expand your vocabulary and also your comprehension. So all I need to say now is... See you next week and jingle. Doesn't matter where you are, in the car or at the bar. Here for you comes in your ears, another word for thanks is cheers. Here's the new kid from the block, here for you around the clock. Shining on his English lips, Chris. Is an anagram of risk.